You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. this episode we'll be talking about aerosmith rocks on the line i have rob i am the aerosmith and ben he ain't lying rocks is the fourth studio album by the american rock band aerosmith released in may 1976 on columbia records the producer was jack douglas and aerosmith and the genre is hard rock heavy metal and i'm gonna read from the book tim sheridan Flush with success of Toys in the Attic, Aerosmith wasted no time or momentum in returning to the studio to cut what for many is their magnum opus. Rocks recorded partially at their warehouse rehearsal space and at the record plant in New York was fueled by the excess that would prove to be their near undoing. But with the help of Jack Douglas, the band managed to focus their talents like never before, creating an aptly titled Packet of Gems. More cohesive than toys, Rocks also features a richer, tougher sound, uh, the downright dangerous guitar combination of Joe Perry and Brad Whitford is spurned on by the sleazy rhythm section of Tom Hamilton, Joey Kramer, making tracks like Rats in the Cellar and Back in the Saddle send sparks. At the center of it all is Steven Tyler's Devilish Howl, a vocal style that earned him the monkier the demon of screaming on get the let out. Tyler requested the sport of a singer from the metropolitan opera on the refrain, making one wonder what happened to the singer's career after a session that must've shredded a once fine voice. Uh, the lyrics deal with extremities, whether it is sex, drugs, or fame, there's either too much or too little, typically at the same time. The subject matter is fitting for a band who predications scared the most drug-addled musician in the business, leading them to dub Tyler and Perry the Toxic Twins. All right, what do we think of Aerosmith Rocks? I think that this is the best Aerosmith record I ever heard, and 1,000 times better than Toys in the Attic. I was going to say, there's there's this debate whether or not it's better or you know, which Toys in the what Attic it really means, has, but yeah. Toys in the Attic has bigger hits, but this is a better rock and roll record, in my opinion. That's exactly what I think. It doesn't like have this, the singles, this, but it doesn't have sweet emotion. You know, uh, what, what was the other one off Toys in the Attic? I'm skipping walk this back way. now. Oh yeah. Walk this way. You know, and back, back in the saddle and last child, they're both classic rock hits, but 
neither one of those had the reach of either Sweet Emotion or Walk This Way, in my opinion, at least listening to classic rock radio my entire life. Uh, but this, I, I had a lot of critiques on Toys in the Attic. I have way fewer on Aerosmith Rocks. Yeah, my only critique on this record. The only thing that I found like 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 the only sh- song that I was like, eh, well, there's two of them. I think combination has a good chorus, but it's like the everything else kind of sh- shit. And then licking a promise is just gross. <laughs> it's just a gross song. It's-, it's from Sick as a Dog. Okay, okay. Um, I thought the second side lacked. It, it fell down on the second side. Except for nobody's fault. Nobody's fault. Yeah. Very good. Man, I uh, really but, liked the closing ballad. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Bertrand. Yeah, yeah, no. I think Home Home Tonight is okay. You're right. It's a great closer. Never, I had never heard it before, but as far as power ballads go, it, it's up there for me. It's funny because I, I've got I've got not tons of nice things to say about Aerosmith, but uh, Dream On is also, I think, one of the best power ballads ever written. Yeah, Dream On is a classic. It's, I think that's what I was saying about the previous album too. If it would have had Dream On, I could have, I could have given it a thumbs up. But it just had too many weak tracks. It and it really does feel like a band. You know, there there are many bands out there where you hear a, it, it's it's going from not fully realizing their potential. Maybe it maybe it is though because I think that was. Is that their third album? That was already their third album. But this one feels so much. Maybe it's the production, but it feels so natural. Every song feels like they thought it out, which doesn't make a lot of sense because this is the height of their sort of excess and mm-hmm. <laughs> messing maybe around. Maybe it's like a station to station situation. And maybe it is. Maybe they were just yeah. doing the drugs and getting it done. Sometimes, but, sometimes you take the right dose, maybe, <laughs> and act, actually uh, achieve achieve something something good. Sometimes uh, it backfires. Yeah. I, go ahead, Rob. No, just a few few and far between when it happens. But yeah, like whatever they were doing at this particular point in time, like it, it worked for this record. And I think this was the last one that it worked for. Like up until like they. It, like they ended up breaking up pretty soon after this, and then didn't get back together to the uh, the eighty. Though the eighties was when they uh, they cleaned up and got back together. I, I haven't looked it up, and I'm not going to because I want to have, maintain the conversation with you guys. But if you have this, the one of the these pages pu- pulled up, like I think that they're pretty close to being done after this, like for a minute. I, I think they 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 actually like stop doing music and go to rehab. Well, let's see. So this album 76. Uh, they've got an album in 77, an album in 79. And 79 and 82. They've got an album in 82. So maybe between 79 and 82. That's like a three-year gap. Yeah, it's it's true. It wasn't like, yeah. The, and, until uh, uh, they, they Run DMC like, did the sampling of Walk This Way or did the cover of Walk This Way, they, they were in a shit spot. Um and I don't remember when, what year that was. Um, probably 85. That sounds good. But um, I don't know. That, 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 we, we have years of Aerosmith to have to listen to, I'm sure. But this one, this one specifically, uh, very much like very into what's happening, like in my ears. 
and I was yeah. really surprised because I fucking hated Toys in the Attic. I, I like. I could be wrong here. I, I feel like Aerosmith Rocks is like the type of album that Kiss Destroyer was hoping it was going to be. Hmm. No. It's like, hey, let's get in the studio. Let's do a bunch of cocaine and just like make like a scorcher. Yeah, but that there's not nearly maybe, enough uh, boys choirs on this to go for what Kiss was going for, man. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Kiss, fair. Kiss was pull, pulling in all sorts of different influences and directions. This feels like oh, Bob, Bob Ezrin was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I should. Yeah. This feels like that. elevated Boston trash. Yes. Wait, but Boston is elevated. It feels Boston like a trash, trashy right? band. I love it. It's a trashy rock band. That's who Aerosmith yeah. is. Yeah. And you can either take it or leave it. I think, I think that's the real conundrum I have with Aerosmith is how bad and trashy do I like my rock and roll? Because Aerosmith is going to give me a whole lot of juvenile lyrics. But, but it's then, not even that juvenile on this one. Like there, there, there's no big 10 inch like on, on, on this record. Like the, the worst he get is licking a promise. And compared to, God, compared to fucking Toys in the Attic, like this is this is Shakespeare. <laughs> like if, if Stephen Tyler, gonna... Stephen Tyler learned how to fucking write lyrics on this record. I think. Yeah. In my opinion, and I know that like there's there's plenty of Aerosmith fans out there. They're a very popular band, but in in my opinion, if if Aerosmith had an entire career of 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 just trashy rock as good as the trashy rock on rocks they would be right up there with like ACDC for me, you know, just like give me a career of this. And, and like, that's my cheap beer music. And, and I like that a lot, you mm-hmm. know, but it seems Aerosmith is just so hit or miss with me. There's a fine line between trash rock and cock rock and schlock rock, you know, and Aerosmith just stumbles over that line for their entire career, but not on this record. The, the, uh, in that analogy, if trash rock is what we're going for, uh, and is ideal, <laughs> then, then this record, at no point in this record does it does it feel schlocky to me. You know, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like overproduced big hair pap. This feels like rock and roll. The fucking riffs, though, man, like they're so good. <laughs> Dude, that riff at the beginning of Back in the Saddle, I know there's a lot of good riffs, but I always come back to them. Yeah. That is a great riff. Yeah, played on a bass six, which yeah. I what is a bass six? appreciate. It's a baritone guitar, so it's a deep... Uh, it just sounds like a really deep guitar. It's in between the a bass and a... Uh, Sorry. Yeah, in between a bass and a guitar. I have one over okay. in the corner right over there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, if you ever listen carefully on a, a Cure Records, they play baritone or bass sixes all the time. Does it, it just, replace the bass or does it complement the guitar? It complements both on that on Back in the Saddle. So if you listen... Okay, so Back in the Saddle's got a bass track, a guitar track, and a baritone guitar track? Yes. So cool. it's, pl- it's playing... Cool. Yeah, it fills it out. That's the crazy part is that they figured out the proper use for it of playing that riff so the guitar can still solo and, and 
play the chords while it's playing that uh that sort of deeper riff. And, cool. and it carries that low end without it sounding like a gaudy bass riff. Exactly. You know? Yeah. the crunch of being a guitar line yep i like it i like it a lot i know you say intro vocals we just screams i'm back <laughs> Dude, that that's how you kick off a rock and roll record you get it's, that yeah. riff and then you just scream i'm back you know <laughs> <laughs> so, talk about starting it off getting it off on the right foot man Speaking of the right foot, and I, guys, I'm sorry, I don't have like the notes in front of me for like who did what, but like I think there was some other famous dude like in the studio with a tambourine strapped to his feet so he could make the sound of a spurs. Oh, Dave, David Johansson from the New York Dolls. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, they just taped uh, tambourines to his boots. <laughs> Let it walk oh, around. And though they had, they, so they wanted to go for some of those uh, Western side effects, uh, sound effects in Back in the Saddle. Because, uh, you know, Back in the Saddle is kind of loosely based on on that Gene Autry song, Back in the Saddle again. So, yeah, there's some Steven Tyre yodeling during the fade out. Uh, there's the Spurs, which is just David Johansson with tambourines taped to his feet. And then. They had an actual bullwhip, <laughs> but they couldn't get it to crack right, and they just ended up hurting themselves. <laughs> of so for the bullwhip sounds, they took a they took a thirty foot uh, mic cable, and I forget what kind of what what kind of microphone they used to record the sound, like some kind of like room mic, and they're just like swinging a microphone cable, a thirty foot microphone cable around, and then someone's got a cap gun to go like. <laughs> it's like whoo, 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 pop. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, it sounds cool on the track. <laughs> yeah, man, sick, sick as a dog in our in our in our ear hails right now. You don't get the power pop of this, Ben. I do. I do. Now that you mention it, absolutely. I just also get it on "Looking a Promise," though it's a it's kind of a gross song. Yeah, <laughs> it's a totally gross song. It is. <laughs> Uh, I did want to mention one fun fact, I guess, while I was researching. It said the band members spent around a year boycotting the city of Philadelphia. To be fair, they did have their reasons. In 1977, they were playing a concert in the city when someone in the audience unexpectedly threw something on stage. It turned out to be a cherry bomb, which promptly exploded, catching singer Steven Tyler and guitarist Joe Perry in the blast. The bomb burned Tyler's cornea and ruptured an artery in Perry's hand so badly that there was blood <laughs> shooting from his arm. The incident, Wait, oh how big God. was this cherry bomb that I have it injured no idea. people? Like, it had well, to be were like they hugging MA. and it landed between them? 
I think yeah. cherry bombs, like back in the day, were a quarter stick of dynamite, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It said the incident forced them to take some time off the road, and then it soured them so badly that they uh, turned down all, all other offers to play in Philadelphia until 1978. Their eventual return to the city city uh, didn't do much <laughs> to warm them to the place as Tyler was promptly injured again when someone threw a beer bottle on stage and flying glass shards of the glass uh, bloodied his face. <laughs> Luckily, you know, like Boston and Philadelphia don't have like a rivalry that goes back to the origins of our country or anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, surprised, I'm surprised they didn't get any fucking D batteries whipped at them. <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe, man. Uh, I mean, it reminded me of... Uh, you know, it's dangerous. I mean, rock and roll is dangerous, but man, M80 that like, like cuts an artery in your hand and ruptures your eye. That's some serious. I still, serious man, stuff. it like, was there shrapnel packed around it? Like how can just the concussive yeah. burst? Who it's a quarter you? stick of dynamite, man. <laughs> what do you yeah. think's going to happen? It's an that explosion. That must have been a direct hit, I guess. Yeah. Close to him. It's like it, 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 even like, that much combustion power, if it's got nothing to move except for air, you know, it's not throwing something at you. Ben, what does a stick of dynamite do to the ground? Well, it depends if you pack ground around it or not. Ben, it's gonna. Explode. What happens when the thing explodes? That is, yeah, g- get out of here. Get everything out of here. moves away from get. it. It explodes and everything moves away from it. Hey, Ben, do you think that Sick as a Dog may have been inspired by I Want to uh, See the Bright Lights Tonight? Um, Not until you mentioned it, but now that I'm hearing this part <laughs> in my earphones, absolutely, that's the exact same bridge, right? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that, it is. That, that guitar riff is the exact same. Yeah, there you go. Oh my goodness, Robert. But but, but now go back and think about like one oh quarter God. of a stick of dynamite and what it could do to a, oh, a person's body. So much power could decimate people. Yes, it could really ruin a cornea and make someone bleed from their arm because their vein got ruptured on their hand. All right, sli- slight side tangent, uh, sli- uh, side tangent uh, on, on cherry bombs. So they were, at the time, they were available over the counter, right? Like you weren't, you didn't have, <laughs> you keep, well, you didn't have people making them in their basements. Like you could, you could go buy cherry bombs, right? Yes, you could. So if all the cherry bomb is, is a quarter stick of dynamite, it's not really a firework that you would buy for a celebration. What's the purpose of a cherry bomb other than to flush down the toilet and get expelled? Um, it makes a really loud boom. It just, it just, that's it. Just they, they, that the, like yeah. people will appreciate this boom. And I, I, I might be mistaken on the quarter stick. I might be thinking of a silver salute being a quarter stick of dynamite, but I'm pretty sure a cherry bomb was a quarter stick of dynamite. Is a cherry bomb and like, a, like an OG M80, like about the same thing? I think so. Yes. All right. Yeah. Birch, Birch, are you still there? Yeah. You're, oh, are, are we killing you here with our discussion, you're, or are we just you're, bringing you're, up? You're vocal. It is July eighth, and we can still talk about fireworks. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> am, am I too close to the mic? It's it's so in the red. It's oh, just man, like I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to do. 
It's okay. We'll figure it out. I'm I'm this far away yeah. from it. No, it's it's something something's going on. Uh I yeah, it's true though. I don't I don't think you understand Ben though. Like it's gonna ex like an explosion is an explosion. It's it's serious. It's no, no, so I get serious. It. I would have thought and and you know it's apples and oranges. But you know, like take take a mortar shell, like a say a Fourth of July mortar shell, and take it to a concert and light it and throw it on stage. It'll make a big explosion. And it'll probably singe a lot of hair and stuff. But I wouldn't have thought that there would have been multiple people with like such like specific trauma injuries. But then again, you know, a mortar shell is not a quarter stick of dynamite. Yeah. And it, it yeah. probably would, it, and it probably landed like directly next to them or something. Why is this record so much gooder? So much gooder. Why is this record so much better than Toys in the Attic? Uh, th- there was a sort of a article written about it. One tighter focus. Absolutely, they they just got their shit together and cranked out better material. Literally, back in the saddle, rats in the cellar. Two. Total effort by the band. So Aerosmith has never been like, you know, it's usually one song or another. Someone writes the song, whereas this one was a total effort. It's a group effort. It's not just someone has a song. Three, it's leaner. So it has a tighter focus. There's no like throwaway songs that just come in. There's no big 10 inch bullshit like that. (laughs) It's trying to present a sort of there's nothing that slows it down. You just kind of uh, keep keep focus, keep it. And it's for it's funkier. So it's sort of like it has that uh, boogie that the toys in the attic didn't have. It's it's a bit sort of sleazy, too. I would argue that Get the Let Out is the big 10-inch of this uh, record, but it doesn't bother me the way the big 10-inch did on the other one. Yeah. Man, with so many with so many people drawing parallels between uh, like Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin, is there any double entendre to Get the Let Out, do you think? Like, because it, it had to be, even by 76, were, were rock and roll radio DJs, Using that that throwaway line, hey, it's time to get the let out. Up next, we've got Black Dog. Man, I, I, that would be a deep cut for a band of drug addicts, but maybe. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I don't know the lyrical. I don't know what the song Get the Let Out is about. It's about, it's about, um, it's about yabba zabba yabba zabba do because all of these songs are about the, the same crap. Like It's not as if Steven <laughs> Tyler became a fucking like, poet overnight. Or ever. That's, and, that's but true, it, and that's a good point. But it's still not as bad as what he was doing like on the previous record. It's true. Like, in, in, fact, in fact, it's 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 10 times, 20 times, 50 times better than the fucking bullshit he was throwing out on the uh, on on uh, Toys in the Attic. And this album is lean and mean enough and enough of of just a, like a, a solid rocker that I really don't care that it's about Yabba Zabba. You know, like. Just get, yeah. Just, just give me the rock and roll. Put it in my ears. If the rock and roll is good enough and pure enough, sure, make it about Yabba Zabba. ACDC yeah. knows. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. I, I 100% am on board with what you're saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't. I, I just can't believe how good of a record that Aerosmith made. Like, <laughs> I understand why people like Aerosmith now. <laughs> If, like that, 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 seriously, that, that is not a fucking slight on the band in any way, shape, or form. I'm trying, I, I, I hope I'm not coming off as a complete condescending monster. But the simple fact of the matter is, like, this is the first time I've heard Aerosmith in a whole album form where every song is pretty fucking good, if not great. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, th- th- this makes sense to me now. Like it, it didn't before. It makes sense now. on it a bit earlier but like so I, I don't consider myself an Aerosmith fan I don't know if any of us do no I know they have a huge fan base yeah um how like how does rocks rank among Aerosmith fans do they still prefer like Best. toys in the attic and well there's an argument like, between which one's better yeah yeah but many... get a grip though right get a grip at tons yeah. of hits <laughs> or or pump right pump. Yeah. <laughs> Loving an elevator. Loving elevator, baby. <laughs> uh, J- Janie's crying, you know, all the hits. Uh, no, a lot of people think that Rocks is actually their, their strongest album. And That's what it, it sounds like to me at this point. I I would have to agree. Um, with the singles were Last Child, Home Tonight, and Back in the Saddle. In that, uh, which, yeah. In that order, which seems really weird that you start off with Last Child, then go home tonight, then back in the saddle. I mean, back in the saddle just seems like a clear uh, rocker. But who knows? Uh, it's it's strange, though, because Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion is that is that that's what got them their fan base and what really kicked everything off. But then they just follow up album didn't disappoint, I guess. Yeah, this is really the beginning, too. I I was thinking as I was listening to it, I mean, whatever you want to say about Poison, Motley Crue, all those bands, but I I didn't really have a perspective of where the sleazy, garagey, you know, rock and roll came from. And, And now I'm thinking Aerosmith is really the progenitor of a lot of those bands it wasn't that i mean the new york dolls had an edge like that and there are some other bands but it, i don't know talking about like lewd sex acts it, it just it doesn't seem like kiss translated into like poison in this sort of like cock no it, the, and it, this has like speed this. behind it too like yeah the, 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 the this apps the this yeah no I, I i was thinking crew poison like the entire time listening to this like going oh oh yeah the, this is this is where they're getting that attitude from guns and roses um, too yeah well and and yeah again like slash and both james hetfield were giant fans of this fucking record yeah 
So makes a lot of sense. I mean, it does. It it, it, it totally, for yeah. better or worse, it is the the sex sleaze. It's the sleaze rock. It's for better. It's for better. I, I, I'm glad that this was the progenitor and went on to fucking like birth the bastard childs of the fucking Sunset Strip. Like that's. I get it. I get it with this record, Birch. I fucking mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Rob, it's the chorus of this song that na 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 that reminds me of the power. Not 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 the licking a promise because you're gross. <laughs> no, not the licking a promise because I'm gross. So Aerosmith's first greatest hits album came out in 1980, and it contained one song from this album. That's uh, crazy. Back in the saddle. That's insane. So and you know like. Uh, I'm sure they had. I'm sure they've had multiple compilations since then because uh, Aerosmith's greatest hits from 1980 leaves out two thirds of the Aerosmith songs that everyone alive now knows. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't imagine that they they had so many hits after 1980, unless they're expanding to like a double album. I can't imagine that this album would get more recognition because now you've got to fit Crazy Crying Amazing. Yeah. You gotta fit Ragdoll, Loving on an Elevator. You gotta fit Dude Looks Like a Lady. Jamie's got a gun. Jamie's got the gun. Is it Jamie or Janie? I thought it <laughs> Who was has the gun. I thought it was with Is an it N. Janie I, or Janie? I thought it was with an N. It's Janie. Janie's got a gun. And who directed that music video, Birch? Who directed the music video for uh it was Janie's gun? No, it was um <laughs> Wasn't Michael Mann? It was uh shit. Uh, David Wasn't Fincher. Fucking- David Davis. Fincher, yeah. Yep. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Coming right before uh, doing Alien Three, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Home Till Night. We're listening to it right now. It's a great ballad, man. It's a good classic rock ballad, man. And that's some fucking sweet guitar soloing happening in our ears too. I mean, let's just mm-hmm. let's just admit that this this song basically uh, wrote "Home Sweet Home" by by the crew, right? Oh, right? oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Uh, I don't think there's any way around it. Obviously, I mean, they're different songs, and you can argue all you want, but an inspiration out first. I mean, crew does the cool modulation of the third up and then goes, uh, like B flat C and D, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. This is a fucking, yeah. God damn it. This is a great record. Aerosmith put out a fucking great record. (laughs) I don't know if they're a great band, but this is a fucking great record. Mark your calendars. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh yeah, how does yeah, everybody this, feel this about a, it? It's a good rock and roll record. Is everybody yeah, on the fuck, positive? Ab- absolutely fucking positive, man. This record <sighs> rips. Am I gonna go positive on the Aerosmith rocks? I. It, you guys are kind of talking me into it. I mean, for is I mean, we just listened to the entire record, Birch, while we were doing this conversation, and Naria once where we're like, "Boo, this song! Like, yeah. it's a really good rock record." It's true. Yeah, I, I can go that way. Yeah, it's it's solid. I am surprised that this I 
I, I mean, this sold well. This went platinum and then quadruple platinum since then. But I don't feel like I ever see it. I don't feel like this record <clears throat> is one that is held up as. Uh, I always see Toys in the Attic, Pump, and uh, what's the other one with the sort of flying logo? Uh, get a grip. Or or, uh, or get, get a grip. Wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then then after ninety three, get a grip. Yeah. Exactly. With that pierced udder dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, I just, I have such a, pro, I, I feel like Aerosmith is so problematic for me because a lot of their songs, like, Dude Looks Like a Lady, and I don't know. There's just a lot of songs that are popular by them that I just do not care an iota about. But you guys are right. I mean, they they stuck the landing on this one for for whatever reason but mrs doubtfire sound no i'm, no. I'm still here a permanent vacation is what you're th- yeah you're permanent vacation that, yeah. that that's the record i have upstairs that i brought up for the yeah. last Tara smith record oh, maybe it's because you were breaking it up yeah yeah my bad my bad but uh yeah they did it they did a good job they did a fucking and- great job man like all, all all the cocaine really did its job yeah i i feel like for for just like a real straightforward rock and roll record, I I want to like I'm I'm biased towards rock and roll. Like I want rock and roll to hit my ears good. And I feel that like I, I don't know what the list of of qualifications for a good rock for, for good rock and roll for me is. But it's like it seems like it's like a short and a simple list, but but a, but a list of qualifications that like I'm pretty strict about and it, it and again i can't really define it but so often rock and roll that tries to be a rock and roll record would just fall on the wrong side of that list of qualifications for me and aerosmith often falls on the wrong side uh, of that list but rocks it's it, it's like it passed like the 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 litmus test whatever litmus test that i have for for quality rock and roll the album rocks passes it certified this album rocks the uh the the, the album title is not just a clever moniker it, it, it's just a good rock and roll record it's it's simple and it's dumb and it rocks the entire time and it gets a positive from me cool yeah i'm uh, i'm on uh, i think i could just echo that that's great uh next time we'll be talking about guess what parliament Mothership Connection. <laughs> 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 <laughs>